Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex. Grab your teaspoons and your open minds. It's episode number 360. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I have a mouthful of water. I expected Glenn <laughs> to jump in and fill that gap. He did not. Well, I figured I'd let you start this week. Oh, well, I'm good. I'm good, too. I'm, I'm actually very good. I'm good, too. I just good. thought I'd copy Sean. Oh. No. <laughs> so I let you go first. Then so I'm tired. I know what to say. <laughs> I'm good. Rats. <laughs> I'm getting over from being sick. Oh, you are? Yeah. What'd you have? I came down with the stomach flu. Oh, no. Ooh. Yeah, Wednesday night. Came home and wound up having a huge fever and... Luckily, the fever broke Saturday. So you read all kinds of books and got all kinds of movies watched and caught up on your TV. And or did you I just did, lay in bed and moan a lot? I laid on the couch and moaned quite a bit. <laughs> I did catch up on some TV, Arrow and Orville. <laughs> I'm making my happy face over here. Rewatched uh, an adventure in space and time. Rewatch or watched Creature from the Pit. <laughs> took it with That's advantage. the most important one. I took advantage of the week. time to yeah, do you got that. your homework done. We uh, but the, the main thing we did this weekend was the Crown season two dropped on Friday. We are seven episodes in. Oh wow! Seven of ten, and it is just as good as last season. It doesn't lose any steam at all. I finished watching uh, the Inhumans. Oh, not, not as bad as everybody says it is. I thought it was okay. It, low quality, kind of loses a little bit of lackluster, but I thought it was good. It was entertaining. Let's put it that way. But it's not as bad as everybody says. And I am caught up to Runaways, which is Hulu's Marvel. Oh, yeah. Which is really good. And then I watched the first episode of Punisher today. So, What did you think of that? Uh, That's still the only episode I've watched. It's pretty so. interesting. I, I mean, it, it made me want to keep watching. So, yeah. I watched the first two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s fifth season. Oh, I did that too. Ah. I, I, uh, I went back and forth between, this is really great. This I love the, the sci-fi word space. Yeah, we haven't done that yet. And, you know, the kind of the very self-referential bits of it. And very frustrated that they hadn't figured it out sooner. <laughs> but just, you know, the whole, oh, we're in space. Oh, we're in the, how many, when did they build it? Oh, they're staging an invasion. It's like, did you see the planet? The, the, the water reclamation was listed ocean. Come on. <laughs> I didn't have any problem with that. I didn't, because I enjoyed I didn't think it, so it was much. that long. What else did we watch? We watched... Um, Got one episode left of Orwell because it aired. You've after. seen some films, haven't you? <laughs> I did see some films. We went and saw Coco, which was very, very good. And then uh, Mel and I went and saw three bid, three three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, um, which is one of those really amazing heavy dramas that you only watch once. It's an Oscar film. It's an Oscar film. Frances McDormand will win an Oscar. Nominated for Golden Globes. So. Yeah, she's. Whew. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That's our Roman, Roman J. Israel today. That's all right. Is that Denzel Washington? Yeah, Denzel Washington. And then um, I watched a whole bunch of short films that were <laughs> nominated for... Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You have news. I have news. news. We, of course, uh, our, we, our, 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 our short film that was uh, nominated for an Audience Choice Award for the Four Points Film Challenge did not win the Audience Choice Award for the Four Points Film Challenge. Um, but that's okay because we wound up winning the best of show, uh, which is uh, I'm, I'm still kind of in that really. I mean, this is an international film competition. This is a big deal, and we won. Okay, cool. 
but we, uh, we we took home the top prize. We also were the top award getter. We brought home a total of five, uh, including wow. um, supporting actress, best child actor, best direction, and I got best writing. Yay! So, and of course, it's a team effort because there's all these things, a bunch of people hashing out stories. I just put the words on the paper, but um, uh, we are just kind of cloud nine yeah cloud, <laughs> overblown at this point just like really um but uh, the film uh, you know some people keep asking me so what happens now and i was like we won <laughs> that's, that's kind of, i mean yes the film does now go it goes out. to cans and you shop it out to filmmakers the, 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 the or film to, does uh, get to air at the Cannes producers. film festival in france uh, as well as film filmapalooza in paris also in France. Filmapalooza just sounds so not as second rate. Oh yeah, <laughs> Filmapalooza. Oh, Filmapalooza. Filmapalooza. How many times can we say Filmapalooza? <laughs> it's like WrestleMania. I duck Phil somewhere screaming at his radio. Say it. Say it. I'm not going to. <laughs> but um, I will. Oh, cool! <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Phil. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, and um, so yeah, we're just kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I'm still numb. Dave's way more. I mean, I'm excited. Dave's way more excited than I am. He's <laughs> he's, he's really up there on Cloud Nine. I don't think he's come down all day. <laughs> so that's really really it awesome. Is cool. It's, uh, we're good so job. Th- thank all of you who uh, who watched it and said nice things about it. So what else? Anything else this week? I, I think so. Move on to news. In news, uh, pretty much all that happened is a new trailer came out for the Christmas special, Twice Upon a Time. I haven't watched it yet. Sure you have. <laughs> I know you've watched it 17 times. Uh, I've watched it once when you <laughs> when you brought it up when we got here. <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, it, uh, it doesn't like make me any more or less excited for the thing. I'm just I'm I'm still. I mean, it's a trailer. It yeah, makes me a, a little bit more excited for it. Did it? Did it? A little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess maybe. Or... Well, it's, it's, it, I guess, yeah, I think so. For me, maybe because I've been like top peak excited since uh, David Bradley walked onto oh, the very last yeah. episode that we saw. And so I've been at that level. So like everything I see is just kind of like, you know, sprinkles on top of the is ice cream. Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Is yeah. It here yet? <laughs> I mean, it's just, so um, it's, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't ebbed in any way of my excitement for the Christmas mm-hmm. special. So, well, and it's nice to have trailers coming out for a Christmas special and I don't lose excitement for it. Like I did last year. Oh, so, that's true. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that can happen. I can see a trailer and go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Although Which last year I wasn't year excited last from, year. from the beginning of the I, announcement. Once again, I kind of fall into that. I, the podcast has spoiled me because with every little drib and drab of information that comes out and we're exposed to it. And then I see the trailer like I should be super excited that Bill is in the trailer, but uh, we knew Bill was coming back. So that, right, you right. Know, just the little things yeah. like that. It's like oh, he kind of. I think it's not not ruining it, but it just kind of you know. Well, and it's such such a quick trailer that we can't get any glimpse of any sort of plot or gleam anything from it other than excitement and which is probably good. Which, which I'm is, grateful yeah. for. I, did, I don't I want am, to know plot. I am intrigued by the translucent beans that they show. Well, I like the so. look of the vortex. Looks different yeah, than it has it recently. Kinda. So you mean the AI robots? The, yeah, that's kind of what they look like. Yeah, 
or aliens, depending like, on which subscription of the ending you subscribe to. Oh, okay. yeah. Which subscription of the ending? Yeah, uh, we know what you meant. Version. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, I'm just I my excitement has not waned one bit. Mm-hmm. I am still stoked for Christmas. Has it garthed? Uh, 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 uh. Sorry, folks. A joke don't get any better from here. There's a joke for all you '90s kids. <laughs> and that's it. News. That's it. There were some pictures released from the episode too, but I haven't even looked at those. You didn't so. put Matt on the. We're not going to talk list? about how sexy Matt Smith is dressed. Oh, Matt Smith was voted best dressed. I don't know why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tweed and. What do you expect? He's a good-looking guy. He dresses well. He's he's, he's not even... He doesn't get credit for the tweed and bow tie, let's be honest. (laughs) Oh, I know. If we're going to report it, let's be accurate about it. It's a GQ article. Is it GQ that voted him best dressed? I think it was GQ Readers. I'm pulling up the article now because I wasn't planning on talking about it. I got a nice surprise. (laughs) You asked if we wanted to do it, and I said, yeah, sure, why not? No, you didn't. You said we weren't going to talk about any costuming. (laughs) (laughs) Any clothing. That was a joke. That was a joke. For fear of the culottes t- turning up, I liked. Uh, I, I, I I would agree with that. I've seen. He, he is I've b- seen very well dressed over the years. I feel he's, like he's taken a, a a bit of a piece of Philip from the Crown, and because Philip mm-hmm. dresses very sharply, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's taken that into his own personal life a little bit. As opposed to that weird leather jacket t-shirt ensemble we saw him in when he was first announced as the Doctor way back well, and, and Or some of the Comic-Con outfits he's worn. Yeah, or, yeah the weird t-shirts. and Yeah, yeah. It's not quite Arthur Darkle's cat shirt, but... Shirts. Shirts, shirts plural. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Jeff Goldblum was number three. What? Really? Wow. Are they including his... Col- this uh, is GQ. His... Um, by fashion experts, this oh, is overlord outfit. Oh, this was voted by fashion, fashion experts. experts. Oh, so people smarter than me about that kind of thing. Fellow uh, <laughs> Who star Andrew Garfield was number five. Oh, well, very good. And just because we all watch Game of Thrones, worst dressed, Kit Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> Kit's a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, have to agree. not too surprising. So I guess that's where I would fall on that scale. Down he dresses the, like me. Down at the, no, we dress like Kit Harrington. Yay! Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Right. Yeah, you have the same fashion sense. That's right. As that guy, we didn't say it was good. <laughs> we just said it was. Just there. Said it was the same. Is there any feedback this week, Keith? No, feedback no feedback. Holy cow! Nobody loves Creature from the Pit. It's going to be a record short podcast here. Oh, I can find more things to talk about. Well, should we go on to our review? <laughs> Let's go on to our review. Just fly right past that one. The creature from the pits. I'm going to stop offering. Making a forced materialization on Chloris, the Doctor Romana and Canine become embroiled in the political machinations of its ruler, the it's Lady. Not like I do it all the time. Shh, the Lady Adrasta. The lush vegetation on the planet's surface hides ra- a ragtag group of bandits, a giant eggshell, man-eating wolf weeds. And within the depths an old mining of an old mining pit, something very large has a terrible secret which threatens the destruction of Chloris itself. <laughs> I, want, I don't do it very often, but I do want to give this a dun-dun-dun, but I also don't want to give this a dun-dun-dun. I'm going to give this a dun-dun-dun for everything but the plot. <laughs> Here's the thing. 
Well, the, maybe the production design. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 no. We'll get into that later. I I like the plot. I don't. I think I, there I, are yeah. issues with the plot. I, no, let's say this. I like the story. I think the story is good. I think there are elements of the plot that are clever. So clever that they're bad. In fact, I think this is bad science fiction is what this really is. That's what it boils down to is this is just bad science fiction. But in a way that that Douglas Adams, if Douglas Adams was doing bad science fiction, this would be bad science fiction. And Douglas Adams actually had a hand in this being bad science, uh, bad science fiction. So it, it definitely falls on the Adams scale of so bad it's good. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. it's I, it's just goofy fun. But when you boil it down, so okay, so uh, she's got a monopoly of the metal, and she's got a creature in a pit. This is going to help her keep the monopoly on the metal, and then she has access to a TARDIS. She's she's going to take over the all of time, all of space. Where do you want to go? And she goes. Well, we're going to go and we're going to get some metal. <laughs> they're so <laughs> they are so hyper obsessed. Yes, metal. they are. They really are. Everybody is. You are not thinking nearly big enough, lady. <laughs> <laughs> could... Well, no, no. Here's the here is the intelligence level of this society, and it's summed up by two lines. <laughs> Standing over the pit, the doctor says, "What's that?" And she says, we call it the pit. Later, Ramona asks her about the monster in the pit. And she says, what is that in the pit? And she replies, we call it the creature. (laughs) Oh, that's the The, the the epitome. That's the epitome of this society right here. Well, and never mind what the actual creature looks like. She is the bad sci-fi aspect of this entire yeah, thing. It's, it's true. so true. Oh, she is the the seven dwarf guys are the no <laughs> or the bandits, I suppose. The um uh uh astrologer. There's even a huntsman. I didn't make that correlation. No, there is a huntsman. There's a huntsman in there. There's an evil well. queen and a huntsman. <laughs> And a, and a thing on the wall. That's and there kind of are mirror-ish. seven dwarves. <laughs> Why didn't I pick up on this? Yeah. That may actually add a line to this And now. Snow White in a pit. <laughs> we, we, I watched this oh with my James. Gosh. Uh, uh, who uh, shocked the monkey on Twitter. And he, he says, so, you know, what am I in for? And I said, well, I don't want to get your hopes up too high. I'll just say that there's a creature. And, and a, a pit, pit. <laughs> and he laughed. So then we get to that moment. We call it the pit, and he starts laughing. I said, "Yep, you've been introduced to one of them. Guess what's next?" <laughs> it's a pretty straight line to get there. Too. <laughs> to be quite honest, with you, I ha- I hadn't seen this one in a long time, and I don't mean since I was a kid, but a long time, probably, gosh, late nineties. I don't think I've seen it since it aired. Um, and I had honestly had forgotten about a lot of it until I rewatched it on Saturday. And it, it, it's one of those ones though, that as I watched it, it all just washed back. And I was like, Oh yeah, I totally remember all this. But over the years I've ha- I've confused parts of it with other fourth doctor stories. And so I kept thinking it was darker and scarier. And that's why I also kept thinking, Oh, this it's, it's a good Halloween one. We should put it on a Halloween. No. Cause I was confusing it with a couple of other ones. <laughs> 
It's just goofy fun. It's just it goofy is, fun. It's really... The, the dialogue in it, I think, is the best. And I think, well, and Tom obviously, just some of that's punched up by the entire Douglas time. Adams. Oh, yeah. Well, he and... Uh, uh, what's the astrologer's name? Or... Argonon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those two together are wonderful. How many uh, how many moon jokes did you guys make during the egg scene? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's a moon. What is it? It's the moon! <laughs> People looked at me like, what? The moon is an egg, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never seen this before, but you will. <laughs> We've talked a lot. I, I... First impressions, Keith. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I did have a fever while I watched it. So. <laughs> See, it might have been delusional. <laughs> not fully. Not, not a super high fever. It was only around 100. In between but... bouts of retching, I found this to be quite enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> the, the characters are so entertaining even though they're so bad and so stupid <laughs> and so single-minded but they're written in such a way that they're so much fun to watch that you don't mind that they're bad and they're stupid That's just it. I mean, the, the, it's the so bad it's good aspect of it to pretty much all of it it's just entertaining yeah i uh i may have to rail this back in just a little bit because you were sick but we're watching it and I looked at James and I said, I guarantee you, right at this moment, Keith's love of this was up here because canine. And canine don't take no crap off of no wolf weed. <laughs> <laughs> and then it crashed to the basement at <laughs> the very next shot. So all of the canine got so much great stuff to do in it. Too bad he has laryngitis and doesn't sound like canine. <laughs> it takes my enjoyment of canine out completely because it doesn't sound like canine at all. Oh, I think he did a fine job. Maybe we can get a special edition reissue. Maybe we can get John Leeson to just record all the canine dialogue for all of the missing yeah, John Leeson that's... episodes and just lay in a new audio track. I think David Briarly does Ian not Levine. sound like... Uh, uh, doesn't sound like canine. Canine, but I think he does an okay job. I mean... When you have to fill that role, you don't just I, get rid of the character. You say, Here, I guess I, guess I feel like I wish he it. would have tried to do an imitation more than trying to put his own stamp on it. Well, I don't even I think don't... he tried to do his own stamp. I think he just... I think know. he thought he was doing an imitation, is what it sounds like. But it doesn't, there doesn't are sound, times it he sounds does. like he tries the, the, to do the it. The short-clipped words the sound decent. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give just, him the cadence. Just, but the they almost is. need to do some after effects on his he's, voice. He's trying. He was trying. I don't mean this to be disrespectful to him. He's just not canine yeah yeah had it been john leeson this story would be so high in my list <laughs> because canine is so great in this entire story oh he is he's wonderful and it, 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 the voice doesn't do take so me much. out of it. it it's a bit jarring for me at first because every time we pop back into this is a season 16 17 season 17 every time we pop back into season 17 where we don't have john leeson doing the voice it does catch me off guard at first but then i just kind of i I the voice is fine after I get used to. Oh, if, it, if so. he if he was canine from the beginning, I I never would would not have a problem with him at all. He's just a pale imitation of John Leeson. <laughs> yeah, he's it's a still he's canine. a fine robot dog voice. He's just not canine. <laughs> he's just not canine. But just when he blasts the wolfwood, <laughs> and then immediately gets swarmed and cocooned and makes recorded tape noises, I thought, oh, Keith just <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> he just. Keith, what'd you think of the creature? The creature. <laughs> the creature. 
I in between bouts of retching, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it. I, I the creature actually didn't bother me at all. I I, I, I was okay with it, and I kind of liked the fact we've that, conditioned you to enough Doctor Who now. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just kind of like, oh yeah, look at that thing. That's huge. I that, think that's what it that's, comes down. That's to. a weird protuberance, but all right. Uh, when, yeah, well, yeah, the weird <laughs> protuberance. I I still have issue with, but but the, the, the idea behind the creature is I think rather clever, and so. With that idea behind it, I don't see any other way they could have executed it either. To have it on the scale that it needed to be and be in a pit at the same time, and the whole idea behind it, it just wouldn't have worked. So I I, I thought the creature was interesting. I like the fact that once it got the voice, that it, it didn't wind up being a hulking monster, that it actually had intellect, that it was more than what was on the DVD box uh, for it. And then that... He winds up kind of being a good guy throughout the story. The the end is kind of, eh, he he winds up saving the day, but not necessarily freely, but he still does. So, I mean, compared to What's-Her-Face, he's a a good guy. And I, I really like that aspect of it, turning what you'd expect to be the monster on its head. Space whale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah. Um, from the technical aspect of it, uh, I, I totally agree with you. It's just, it just the the beast is what it needs to be. I mean, for for the, what it is, it's, they do a fine job. I was really impressed with the, so much of the location shooting on this and the outdoor oh, broadcast yeah. video that they used to actually shoot outside. Because all that stuff, it so easily could have been done in a uh, studio, which they have done with a those kind forest, of like yeah. foresty and jungly type scenes. And they always look so bad. So I really appreciated the fact that they did a lot of scene video. Like the pit was Have obviously down in the pit, was it? You're but, saying it. Oh, you could tell. Yeah. The video, oh, yeah. You it was could all tell the video difference. Well, it was really? shot. It yeah. was shot on location. Uh, when it, especially when they went like back to this, the the cow, the palace and everything. It was shot at Television Center, and it was shot at Shepherd's Bush, London. Shepherd's Bush, London was all the uh, outdoor uh, scenes. I figured they just went to an arboretum or something, but I still figured it was a indoor no it was um, all that was all outdoors the pit was outdoors all of the all of the stuff in the foresty stuff was all outdoors yeah (laughs) see uh, when he's examining the egg at the beginning when they come out of the tarnas that's all outdoors yeah i i I can tell from the quality of the video too it was obviously outdoor broadcast as much as i wasn't quite film but it was it was as much as i appreciated them going out and filming on location the cheese factor almost would have been better had they done it on studio. Well, actually, I because <laughs> I would have added more to the so bad it's good what stuff. What helps spoon feed the cheese to you is the oh, fact that I see, they don't. Because yeah. I think if it had gotten even more, had cheesy, it started off that way, yeah, it might have. It might have. That might have changed a little bit. It might have been just almost it, over the top. Oh, yeah, too much cheese. But uh, on yeah, a dish, no, can't, just, that was, can't be. But on who, yeah, would have been, been underworld. <laughs> with all of the yeah yeah uh, but obviously all the cave stuff and then the stuff in the palace that's all inside and the and the bandits uh the encampment was yeah. all shot in studio romana was another great part of the story oh, she was she, she was, was so good i've always liked romana too though she kind of overdoes it though when canine gets uh <laughs> webbed up canine yeah canine oh, canine <laughs> As James has said on more than one occasion with these, that even you got to give them props that they go there, that they get to that level of 
you know, by God, you're acting the hell off of this. Aren't you? <laughs> and it doesn't matter what it is. It's, you know, you could be dressed in, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, what's the Patrick Troughton one where the old guys are wearing curtains? And the Crotons. A, the Crotons. No, no, the Dominators. Yes. So they've got this, is it the Dominators? The Dominators. Yeah, they've got this whole, whole council scene when they're just wearing curtains. But these are classically trained Shakespearean British actors, and they are going to perform for you today. And so you just go along with it because it's. And so I, we just admire the fact that even though it was cheesy and goofy and a little over the top, but she was right there with it. Made me feel bad that the canine <laughs> would have been cocooned. I bought it. Well, it's nice that she had so much to do too. Oh, she I mean, did. She Romana did. typically does been, get more to do than most companions does, yeah. because. She is another Time Lord, but they utilize her well. I think the bandits were funny, too. I really kind of like the fact that they had the one guy that was just the <laughs> the metal guy. Was My like, gold, our gold. gold. Yeah, just the little things like that. But it just every time he'd pe- take out a piece and he'd say exactly what it was. And such exquisite craftsmanship. Yeah, just by it. looking at it. Look at this zinc. <laughs> really? You could tell just by bronze, looking at it. It's bronze. This one's bronze. Anyway. Um, I, I didn't quite get why they were threaded throughout the entire thing until they sieged the castle, did the theft, went down into the castle, into the caves. And I was like, Oh, they're just here to deliver (laughs) the voice box. (laughs) That's their entire purpose of the story. No, their purpose of the story is to show how important metal is to everybody on this. But at least they could have done that with the initial kidnapping and then dropped those characters for the rest of the story. And it would not have impacted the story other than them delivering the the piece. Yeah. But the thing is, I think having them there to deliver the piece, you have to have that thread. That's that's the, you it's also a very funny bit that the, the, the caveman crow magnon dude who knows everything about every metal ever and yet the woman with the monopoly and the mine cannot tell the canine is not a tin dog. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really paying attention to the business aspects of this business, are you, lady? It's true. And they keep calling it tin dog. The tin and I like dog. how he keeps standing up for himself, too. I, I am not a tin dog. tin dog. Which, now, I'm upset that that wasn't a line in school reunion. Yeah, oh, yeah. agreed. <laughs> I agree. It's like, why? Mickey, oh, great, I'm in the car with a tin dog, and canine should have laid into it. <laughs> Maybe well, he's because, mellowed. That's because this wasn't canine, and that was. Yeah, oh, see, the voice is right. Yeah, that's totally it. <laughs> Although, this, so, that, so, that canine hadn't gone through this adventure. That's right, it would have been a different mark. That's true. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I doubt the memory banks would have been the same, so... Nah, I think the doctor takes <laughs> a copy of he, he each memory bank. He still would have been, I in. am not a tin dog. I'm not a tin dog. Yeah. And maybe he's mellowed in his old age, and he was just like, I'm not even going to reply now. Yeah. Maybe Mickey was beneath his <laughs> correction. <laughs> After all these people didn't listen to him anyways, this idiot's not going to listen to me either. <laughs> point him toward the wall. You're not even worth correcting. I like how they <clears throat> carried him around so much since the ground... like It, they, it was a great way to keep him in the story yes, yes. without having to try to keep up with him. Although and, there is a lot of times that they're in locations where he does uh, roll and he rolls well. So I think yeah. that worked well. And and so just a, a side note, I don't know if anybody knows. Do you think, because when they, I mean, they pick canine up a lot in this one. Is it the hero prop 
with the motor and everything that I imagine weighs a metric ton? No. Or is it just a shell? Maybe have you that they seen? Have did you watch that... Ramona every time she picked it up? It was yeah, a, she had. It no was almost it. too so, too light. Too light yeah. Which makes me wonder if they had a, a I shell. They had prop a second. One. Oh, I'm sure they had the, a shell prop. The, yeah. the, the, In fact, uh, I looked at it occasionally. Although I don't this, think it ever this, moved, did it? When they were holding it? Not when they were holding it. No. Um, I think one time the ears, the his that little ears, much. did the little the satellite. If they took the 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 moving motor out and had the head motors, that would have well. But you got to remember, at this point, this was the more lightweight, more conventional uh, all-terrain canine oh, too that they had too. refitted. So this isn't that first clunky this big one that was one. real heavy. Yeah. Well, the first one had a TV monitor in it too. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that picture tube, I'm sure, weighed a ton. Yes. But um, so, yeah, I yeah, I have no idea. But obviously, the way that, that she was a... hefting it around, oh I, yeah, was I clearly just was. Uh, there was hardly any inner workings in it. So now I wonder if the BBC was smart and fiscally responsible enough to build a second one or if they actually removed the cuts from the first one. What they, how easy. Yeah, I don't know. I they mean, could have fixed a false bottom and just... Yeah, that's what I kind of wonder. Is maybe it's easy to lift that shell up off there. I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine it would be easy to pull all the wiring and guts. and. Yeah. Well, don't think on, about it, Keith. I'm it, sorry. It depends on if the... The moving mechanism, which would be the heaviest part, is tied into the head motors or the tail motor. If they're if those are separate, it wouldn't be too hard. Keep the dog facing the wall. <laughs> I don't mind that the creature was made of green trash bags. Nope. I, I, I as you said, it's the limitations of the time. It was sort of. Even doing this story today, obviously, the creature probably would have been some CGI monstrosity. Oh, it probably wouldn't have looked very good. So for, for what it is, for what it does, I, it, it's it's fine. I won't say they did a fine job with it, but I will say that it, it doesn't bother me. They did. I, I didn't even think it looked that much like trash bags. Really? No. I, I, I saw, I saw like, like, not like little ones, it like doesn't, big it, here, industrial Well, it doesn't look trash like trash bags. bags, but it looks like that trash bag material. Green tarp. Yeah. 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 yeah kind tarp, of tarp tarp more than trash bag. I don't know. It, it Boy Scout tents. Gave a lot of years. years <laughs> tents, easier than... Yeah. Tents. Canvas sure. more than anything else. No, not canvas, but that. I think it was plastic. Vinyl. I mean, it obviously looked plastic. Yeah. It looked plastic to me. It looked like plastic bags, but. Of course, I was watching this through a fever. <laughs> <laughs> but. I think there were some design choices that maybe were a little <laughs> poorly thought out in retrospect. Yes. I would agree. I would agree. This episode They're, is fairly infamous for the, the, <laughs> some of that. One small We're going to tiptoe around it and not talk about it. <laughs> it is a family-friendly show. That's right. One small thing I really liked was, I don't know what it was supposed to be, but Adstra's makeup on the side of her mm-hmm. face, the metal... I really like that design choice. I, I don't thought, know what it was supposed to be, but the metal. Well, I guess I guess it was metal, but uh, was it supposed to be metal? I mean, it was. That's the impression it gave me is that it was I metal. I liked it, but it was, so, I mean, it was clearly makeup, but it was. Yeah. I think Flames it was supposed to look like on the side of my face. I, I think it was supposed to look like metal to show she's the monopoly in charge. Yeah. I liked it. I, th- I thought it was a nice touch. It was a nice touch. It, was, all, it makes think, you wonder costumes. if it's ceremonial. As the boss gets that, yeah. or you know, the costuming in this was good and appropriate. I thought yeah. the huntsman was a bizarre choice of look. The wolf weeds were a little weird. Ah, the wolf weeds were okay. They it, reminded it, me of tumbleweeds. They, they remind me of tumbleweeds in, in your short film, Sean. And uh, 
his tumbleweed the, the, that wasn't actually the, a tumbleweed. Reminded me of Megalos. <laughs> these ruled a little bit better. Yo, they ruled uh, way better. They also reminded me of uh, Attack or Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> it was just such a that. That's another part of it is just the such so bad it's good aspect of it that that's what you came up with. Okay, I mean it's a, it's a planet. Well, and then to name at least them you didn't try weeds. to do a crinoid again. I mean, <laughs> to actually name them wolf weeds. All right. <laughs> yes. Tom Baker gets a lot of physicality in this too. He's a, there's a lot of yeah. <laughs> getting run over by wolf weeds and getting run over by the creature and bursting through that door bursting through the door jumping down the well although i looked on this when they you know how they recapped the cliffhanger at the end i i looked really close and it looked like maybe it was a body double that jumped down that well it grabs the thing no which is funny because in the Tom uh, does all his own stunts on the <laughs> uh uh finale of the first story or the first episode he jumps down and that that rope goes and then and when they come back they see him jump down and you see the rope barely go and then they cut to him hanging on the side <laughs> and he's barely down in the mouth of the thing and I thought that was really bad <laughs> it made it look like he went way down that well and then he's like near near enough that Ramona can look down there and see him. but but he did use his scarf as a rope too didn't he he did yeah briefly so I got the impression after seeing that that the rope itself just kept going, and he used the scarf. And he had the book to uh, uh, to weigh it down. Well, he he had the book. Oh yeah, that uh, you know uh, was how to how to uh, climb Mount Everest. Yes, and then he finds out it's in Tibetan, so he needs to get the book to translate to Tibetan. Yeah, which is annoying because in Planet of Spiders, we know he knows Tibetan because <laughs> he talks to the monk, <laughs> or not the monk, but the other guy, the. Is it Tibetan or is it Cantonese? Yeah. Although he knows, I don't know. <laughs> he knows uh, Pavla Sanzavath too. So that's true. Yeah, how much of that was the TARDIS translating? Well, for him? the TARDIS was nearby. Can it? It can. It can translate it, yeah, books. True, too. it should have. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's nitpicky. That was all for the sake of the joke. Yeah, that was very Douglas Adams. It was. Yeah, it was very Douglas Adams. It's a Tibetan. So uh, David Fisher. Uh, the writer of this one um, has a pretty decent track record because he did um, Stones of Blood. I like that one. And Androids of Tara from the Key to Time series. Androids, was that the end? The, it was the next one after Stones. Where they're, they're doing, uh, was it Pirate? Not Pirates of Penzance, but. Um, oh, Ramon wears the purple outfit and uh, everybody's got a duplicate. It's very. Uh, oh, okay. What is the famous story that that one's kind of lightly based on? What was? I'm sorry. Androids of Tara is. It's not Pirates of Penzance, but it's. Um, Prisoner of Zenda? Prisoner of Zenda, thank you. Oh, yes, yeah. One of the P's. I knew it was in there somewhere. <laughs> um, so he did those two, and then uh, he did this one, and then apparently um, had to uh, leave midway through uh, due to a death in the family and uh, couldn't uh, complete City of Death. Which is where Douglas came in and kind of oh. wrote it. So uh, he, he also did the Leisure Hive. Oh, did he? Do, I, I guess I missed that one. According to Tardis Wiki. Okay, well then he also did the Leisure Hive. So you know, four and a half out of five are, are, are pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, of, of his stories, I, I don't know that this one needed to be four parts. I felt like we got to to part three, and we've raided the castle. We've got the creature to talk. 
we've revealed the bad guy, and within the first two minutes of episode four, we've kind of wrapped all of that up. <laughs> we dispatched with her so quickly, and then even then, they saved everything very like, yeah. with ten minutes to spare. But, but then, I guess no, it was there was like twelve minutes or so left. When I looked, and I was like, "What are they going to do with the rest of this when they before they went to space to save?" The, the, the whole fourth part is. Oh, by the way, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna well, nuke the planet. What the, the worst? The worst thing you can do too when you do an episodic show like this is have a cliffhanger where the villain is in peril. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched that and I thought that's not a cliffhanger. That's a yay! The queen's dead. I mean, <laughs> the yes, end. I guess her. I won't watch next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was so weird, but. Uh, yeah, but then to get to part four and realize that <laughs> we've got one other problem. Which I, I don't mind that all of a sudden the stakes jumped up extremely high and that we've got to go save the planet. And we do so in a very cool way. The fact uh... that I like the fact that the creature weaves a, <laughs> another egg <laughs> around a sun. This time, so we've got we've got a moon. So that the doctor sun. can lock onto it with the TARDIS uh, tractor beam. Well, he did that first. Pull it out of the way. But, oh, that's right. He had to hold. Yeah. It. He had so to hold it so that the the, the yeah. uh, Aragog, whatever his name is, can can weave. But um, okay, I'll buy that. But at the same time, it, it's like none of this really matters at this point. <laughs> none of this really matters. What's the worst can happen? You blow up this planet full of idiots. Okay. <laughs> the metal guy's dead. So that, we, that we, beats, we just lose the astrologer. The astrologer's like. the only person I care about. And I kind of like the huntsman beans, at the end. That being said, though, they make, I can't remember exactly what is said, but they make a comment as that this is only one small region of the planet. There's a whole rest of the planet. Yeah. That, but this uh, is like the the highest level of the planet, wasn't it? Nope. Oh. <laughs> because they, it's something to the fact of all that that this is just one region governed by this lady. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She's not even in. She's not even in charge of the planet, but she's in charge of the area. She wasn't even she... in charge of the planet. No. She gets hold of the no, TARDIS, no, no. and the best thing she can come up with is more metal. More metal. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's dropping on my. Yeah, no, there's there, there's a line dropped, and I can't remember exactly how it is, but it, it there, she's like a regional governor, base or governess, I suppose, mm. of of this area. Well, so. it makes sense in a way because I guess I mean the, the, you're hoarding all this metal. It's like, well, then what do you do? There's got to be a market somewhere. That you take the metal to and trade it in on, right, right, because you don't metal. get the impression that they're going off planet much because they're no, they're very no, backwoods. No. Although I do the the concept of the fact that there's this race out there that sends an ambassador because they've got more vegetation than they, than they can do anything with, and this these guys have can All this basically metal and, make metal and, yeah. and give it's like a great broker, but. She was stupid and screwed <laughs> it up. She was stupid and screwed it up. All for greed. Well, as the second-in-command of the uh, cavemen said, what happens to our metal when all of a sudden there's metal everywhere? Don't worry about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because... Supply and demand. Yeah. It, the one guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> but he's overruled by the other guy going, ah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. No, worry about that. <laughs> I think of... the story might have worked a little bit better if... Instead of metal, it was something that, like, they needed to survive. Like, if it was some sort of nutrient of some sort, and she was using that to keep the the people subjugated and only let so much out, and these other this alien 
wanted or needed to trade the plant life for this food or whatever. It almost would have worked a little bit better as a story, I think. Well, that last I, I, I don't fix it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we just didn't see enough of the other the, the rest the, of the, the, the rest of the planet because, as the doctor says, you need the metal to make tools to clear the jungle to to advance society in order to advance the society, and they couldn't. Everything had been choked off by this plant life. But I forgot about that because aspect. we're in this isolated area that's already been choked off by the plant life. We, you know, this guy. Oh wow, look a pot. Who cares? <laughs> a goblet. And? <laughs> just, I don't get it. Why do you... I don't get the impression that there's at least not where they were at. There were no smelting, you know. Yeah, they, yeah, they weren't going to... Maybe with a hammer, he was going to hammer something out and make a sharpened edge Well, I kept it. thinking but at one just... point that, that the, the head, quote-unquote, bandit was going to say something about, well, it doesn't matter. It, we'll melt it all down anyway. They never said that. No, it was almost didn't. like he was just going to have set on a shelf somewhere. It just... Yeah. That was odd. Yeah, he just wanted it for the sake of being shiny. That's what, what it comes across to us. <laughs> what else about this story, guys? Anything we else? haven't touched too much on Organon. <laughs> Glenn's favorite part. So funny. <laughs> Organ, the, uh, 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 the, the, the soothsayer? The, yeah, the astrologer. The astrologer. <laughs> if you do it with flair. <laughs> Goes over very well. I guess he's the one that makes the comment about it being at uh, other 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 courts yeah he gives yes he's that's, that's where that the world. Maybe that's why i remember maybe that's why i picked it out because every time he was on the screen i loved him i was like oh my gosh he is such him. a great character and well, uh, this he is and tom play off each other so well too the actor, actor the do you have the actor's name pulled up for uh oregon it is jeffrey Baildon. Baildon. Jeff, jeffrey was apparently offered the role of the first doctor oh is that right when the show started and i thought that was very fascinating because the more I listened to him talk, the more I heard Hartnell's cadence. He's very first doctor in the way that he speaks. And he's got the little, hmm, yeah, hmm, the kind of, I did think that while watching it, it. It's, it's really kind of eerie to watch it with that foreknowledge. Cause that's all I could see now. And it was like that. He, well, he, he would have been quite good. He I is think. a doctor. And, uh, yes. In unbound stories. Oh, all is mortality he? and a storm of angels. Uh, so now I'm really excited cool. to to get into those yeah. because I I thought he was I mean he's an exceptional character anyway but just the the way that he Oh, well, he was also considered for the second doctor. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> it's never always a bridesmaid for pride. Oh, he was in Horror of Dracula. The oh. Hammer film. I'll be darned. In Casino Royale. The Woody Allen? Yeah, one? likely. Because yeah. they're going, I think they're going here in order, and it's way back early. So Way early? Yeah, well, back during Z Cars and Canterbury Tales and Adventures <laughs> of Black Beauty. Yeah. Pink Panther Strikes Again. Well, he's got quite a resume here. He's been around for, well, I don't want to say he's been around forever, but he's, he's yeah, he's been around forever. Oh, be darn. But right. um, he, he, was, he came back for Full Circle. And Harrow or Fong, Fang Rock? That can't be right. Who was he in Horror of Fang Rock? I didn't see that. Huh. It's huh. probably the voice of the Ruton or something. This doesn't say. Hmm. But um, he, he, he is such a great character. And the chemistry that he and Tom have... Every scene between the two of them is absolute gold. 
and you find yourself oh, he wondering. Passed just this last year. Oh, day tenth of 2017. I'll be done. Oh, he wasn't in horror thing. Okay, was a different page. Um, you find yourself wondering who's going to one up the next one <laughs> because oh yeah oh like, yeah Tom Tom's got a very set kind of shtick at this point yeah. that, that you can expect and then here comes this guy that's bouncing off the walls and doing his thing and so doctors adding his little one upmanship almost but then you never know who's going to get the last word in these exchanges <laughs> the way they're going and it's so very entertaining. And I felt so bad for him when he got conked on the head. <laughs> <laughs> at the end, yeah. Just for four. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk, say about this one? I don't think so. I think it's, it's I think just it's, good fun. I think it's it good fun. fun. I think it's very unfair that fandom tends to, once again, oh, we don't talk about that when it's horrible, blah, 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 blah. Because it's... It, I, I suppose if the Doctor Who police were to come out and say, this is acceptable who and this isn't, well, then you're going to have to arrest me because I enjoy <laughs> this one. And I, as you know, I don't remember much of it. I remember being not really impressed with it. And I also remember as a kid being kind of scared of the wolfweed. <laughs> I don't know why. All these, all these later era Tom monsters apparently scared the bejesus out of me as a kid. The mandrels and the wolf weeds and all these things. And now going back and watching them, it's like, no, that wasn't quite so bad. <laughs> I was terrified. I'll tell you what I do remember about this one. I do remember turning across this on a Saturday, which wasn't the normal day the Doctor Who was on. Because I think I used to watch Doctor Who at a certain time, like 6 o'clock during the week. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, every once in a while, they would just play episodes. And I remember turning across PBS... And I hadn't seen this yet. And I remember the the very first thing thing that I saw, and it must have been after the credits even ran out of cut there, was that very first scene where they throw the first guy in the pit. And mm-hmm. I remember being looking at that go, What is this? This is weird. And then the doctor showing up and going, This is a Doctor Who episode. I mean, I remember it quite surprising me. Because that was such a like horrific scene oh, where they, very... they take oh, yeah. this guy out into the forest and they hurl him in a pit and something attacks him. And I'm, I just, I remember thinking, wow, what is this? And then the Doctor and Ramon come out of the TARDIS. And I went, and I remember going, wow, this is Doctor Who. And of course, then it all, it all gets goofy after that. But um, Well, unless you're a, uh, an engineer. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was the only thing that really scared me about this when I was a kid. But oh, not even scared me. It was just more of a, oh, I don't know that I like, I want to watch this. Oh, wait, there's the Doctor. I do want to watch this. <laughs> All right, he's just, Sean. He's just published the definitive paper. Oh, what does he think it is? <laughs> All right, Sean, what do you got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule, we are going to return to the third Doctor era for our Friday Night Who offering uh, next week, or this week, later this week. And we're going to watch um, Curse of Peladon. So speaking of monsters in pits. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's almost like I planned it. Uh <laughs> Almost. Almost. It's not. We know the truth. We know the truth. And then, uh, uh, of course, there's method for the mayhem on that, but we'll get into that later. Uh, And then uh, if you're following along at home and wish to do homework for next week's show, we are reviewing the Flaming Soldier novella from the Brigverse over by our friends at uh, Candy Jar Books. That's kind of Brigverse adjacent, I guess maybe is the best way to say it. It's a spinoff. It's a spinoff of the Brigverse. And uh, so we will be reviewing that next week. And Christmas is coming soon. Christmas is Very coming soon. soon. 
All right. Well, if uh, you can uh, support us, uh, please do so. You can find a button on uh, our website, travelingvortex.com. That'll take you to Patreon, and every bit of that helps. And thank you for those of us, th- those of us, those of you who already support us. Yes. Keith, you want to mention our feedback? Yeah, you can uh, reach out to us and send us feedback by going to our website while you're there donating. Just click on the Send Us Feedback tab, or you can send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or uh, reach out to us on any form of social media. Excellent. Anything else we need to cover before we close this one, fellas? Always love to hear from you, so please do so. Yes, please. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.